Well, welcome to the first ever episode of Let's Ask an Expert, a show where a novice host asks expert guests above average questions. I'm your host, Andrew Smith, and we have a great expert on here today. But before we get to him, just a brief description about this show, what it is. I've been podcasting for a little bit, and I I wanted to do a new show, but I whenever you look up how to, how to do a blog, a YouTube channel, what have you, you see it's, it's pick a genre and then pick a niche. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, I just want to interview people, but I don't want to interview just anyone. I want to interview people that are really good at what they do. And so that's kind of what inspired the expert part. We're going to bring on people who are experts at what they do, pick their brain, have some laughs, and hopefully entertain you during this time. And that leads me in bringing on our expert today. He is an expert in sneakers and YouTube. First joined YouTube back in around 2008, 2009. Um, recorded some of the first performance reviews in YouTube. Has over 500,000 subscribers, 100,000 followers on Instagram, and over 35,000 followers on Twitter. He cuts his own hair and played basketball at Michael Jordan's house. Please welcome to Let's Ask an Expert, Chris Nightwing 2303 Chase. Welcome to the show, Chris. How you doing? Just wanted to reiterate, I do not cut my hair and then play basketball at Michael Jordan's house. I just played basketball there, but I do cut my own hair. You do? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm saying that you do that and, and you no, played it. Yes. It was just funny because it sounded like I cut my hair at Michael Jordan's house and then we played basketball. No, I was in no way insinuating <laughs> Michael Jordan cut your hair or anything like that or that uh, that occurred in order. Um, but just that you do that is impressive, right? And so especially... That's helpful that's what right. when you're when you're when you're poor when you're growing up. You gotta figure out a way to make yourself look fresh. Well, I if if so for people who have not seen your videos, um it, it is not just like what what I do is I just shave it down. You have an actual fade and everything, so it's impressive. Uh, yeah, like, it's an actual like haircut. Yes. It's an actual haircut. They weren't um, all as good as they look now, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll ignore all of those. But uh, I, I think it's a relative scale. It's a it's a relative scale, right? Like it's not you know it can't be on the same as like going to a professional getting your hair cut. So it's pretty close now. But before it was awful. Like high school high school days, those were some bad haircuts. But you know we worked with it. There's a learning curve, certainly. Exactly. How are you and your family dealing with everything? I want to check in on the COVID nineteen pandemic, both from a health standpoint most importantly, but also from like a business brand standpoint? Um, Health-wise, we are all healthy. We are all safe. Um, we've been staying inside and at home for the most part, other than going out for, uh, you know, exercise and, and our uh, essential needs is what they call it. Um, so we've been doing as much as we can to, uh, to abide by all of the rules. Um, and as far as the business goes, uh, it could be way worse. I think our, our worst aspect of this that we're seeing on the digital end is just lower CPM rates. So like lower advertising uh, dollars are circulating on the internet, um, especially lower than usual for this time of year, because right after the first quarter, things really start to ramp up for the summer. Um, so yeah, so we're just not kind of like earning as much as maybe we could have been. But I mean, like I said, it could be way worse. We could be jobless. Uh, we can be having you know, no views and all of that stuff. So all things considered, we're, we're doing real good. Happy to hear it. Um, tell our audience, Chris, uh, where it is you're from or currently reside. Those may be two different things sometimes. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from the Bay Area, but I currently live in the Sacramento area. Uh, this is where we, we bought a house because the Bay Area is way too expensive. But, um, but no. the Bay is where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you can't wait. You can't afford a, uh, a $1.3 million Victorian or something like that? Oh, for that price, you're getting a shack. yeah it's really weird out there but it wasn't like that always when i when i was growing up there it was quite normal um sacramento actually other than the weather the atmosphere here is very close to what i grew up in in the bay area very eclectic uh very nice mixture of races um there's there's a little bit of everything as far as class of citizen um and all of that stuff so uh the only thing that sucks here is it gets really really hot um, but otherwise, it's all good. It does get blazing hot there in the summertime. I've been there during the summertime. My God, I was surprised. Yeah, um, I, always, I get surprised every summer. I'm just like, dude, how am I not used to this yet? Like, it's just so much. The, literal, the streets are almost literally on fire. Um, yeah. At times, it feels like that. Yeah, that's how it does feel. Exactly. I want to start a tradition on Let's Ask an Expert, and I, I invite... All my guests, I will be inviting all my guests, I should say, to sit down and have a drink with me. It can be alcoholic, non-alcoholic, caffeinated, whatever, tea, juice, coffee, whatever you please. Chris, what did you decide to go with for today? I have a, a nice aged bottle of Arrowhead 100% Mountain Spring Water. Okay. So that is what I'm rocking with. What are you rocking with? I have a bottle of Kroger water um, from the local grocery store. And before... We went to air or started recording. Actually, we're not on radio. Uh, I had a bottle, a glass of bullet bourbon um, mm-hmm. just to kind of loosen me up a little bit. And, you know, of course, it is Friday. And this is my show. Damn it. We'll do what we want. Um, but uh, yeah, exactly. so some brown liquor to get us going. Um, let's start with this, Chris. In however much detail you think is necessary. Give our audience an idea of the sheer amount of effort and work that goes into running and maintaining the brand known as wear testers as it is today. It, it is a lot of work as is any business that you might own yourself, any small business. Um, Mostly because you don't have the capital to pay other people to do your job for you. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all on you. So if I don't work today, I'm not making money today. And that's the simplest way to put it. Um, and that's how I've always kind of like looked at things like this. Once we started earning uh, revenue and stuff, this is uh, if I don't work today, I don't get paid today. Do I want to? Yes, I do. So, uh, so that's how, that's how I always treat it. Um, but, uh, as far as like actual work, it, it's, it's quite a lot. I do have some help now because uh, uh, my wife, Jody is um, the one that does all of the editing of the videos now, uh, whereas it used to just be me. Um, so that's been a huge help because now she can do that while I go and focus on making graphics and thumbnails and, uh, you know, responding to people and all of that stuff being social. Uh, so, yeah, so it's been it's been uh, a little bit easier now than it than it used to be. I do wonder, though, how I had done this for the past, like, man, what was it? Seven, eight years, something like that before I quit my full-time job. Cause I was working full-time while I had built all of this up. And I remember like that first few months that I was doing this as my solo venture. And I was like, where did I have the time to do this? Plus my regular job. Cause this is intense. 
And uh, yeah, so it's been it's been fun though. Um, I, I really don't have anything to complain about because this is essentially the American dream where you have an idea, you work with it, and then boom, you make a living out of it. And then it becomes what it has become today mm-hmm. as um, this brand known by quite a few people and and known around the world by, by people as, as well. I mean, you have, you have followers all over the place. Um, yes. And, and Anywhere that is, where basketball is, is, you know, highly, highly touted as their main sport. That's where we have a pretty good following. When you first started your YouTube channel, you did so because you were looking for something that you couldn't find, mm-hmm. right? What was that? What were you looking for? You couldn't find... Uh, that was actually the performance review. Um, when I was growing up, for a very short period of time, there was a website uh, called uh, Kixology. And um, that's where most of us would go to like read up on you know, whatever the latest basketball shoe was. He, he, uh, Professor K was the guy that was running it. Um, he, he didn't review everything, but he reviewed quite a bit of things. And so you'd be able to go on there and read about you know, the Air Jordan 14 or the Reebok Answer 11 or whatever and all that stuff. And then uh, after high school, which is pretty much when his site was like uh, kind of like in its like heyday or whatever, uh, that's when I was really on my own. Um, I was working full time. I was trying to earn enough to pay for my apartment um, along with whatever, like what little food I can afford. And so playing basketball, let alone buying shoes was not on the priority list. So, um, so yeah, so I ended up taking a, a pretty long break from basketball. Uh, not until after my daughter was in, I think it was preschool or something like that is when I was able to start playing again. And, um, that's when I needed some basketball shoes cause mine had fallen apart by then. So, uh, they were just old, not because I beat them up or anything. Um, but yeah, so I went to go buy a new pair of basketball shoes. They were really expensive. And I was like, yo, what the hell? And so I went to go look up for reviews and everybody like on like eastbay.com or whatever, where they have like that consumer review section. Um, everything was just like, oh yeah, these look great with my jeans. And I was like, man, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to know about that. You know what I mean? Like, I need to know how the traction works. Are they comfortable? You know what I mean? Like, how do they fit and all of that stuff? So yeah, so I needed that kind of information and and there just wasn't any um even on youtube and, and youtube at the time sneaker videos were were already there uh but it was still in its kind of like infancy if you're comparing it to, to now like 10 years later um and so yeah there was nobody doing performance reviews at the time so i went and bought the most expensive shoe on the shelf which was the air jordan 2009 uh, i tested it and then i gave my review on my kitchen counter with a cell phone and now we're here. And the rest is history. And, you know, you, through that, so you, you kind of touched a little bit on this, you know, when it, when it comes to sneakers, y- your brain is like a goddamn Pentium chip, right? Like, we, Sometimes. <laughs> this, Sometimes it gets jumbled in there, but yeah. This, le- the level to which you recall things, materials, models, years, colorways, all that stuff. It's, it's uncanny. How did you build this encyclopedia like knowledge base of sneakers? Cause I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know for other people, but I think some people would probably say like the most knowledgeable guy about sneakers, maybe in the world. 
And, you know, of course, there's no way of, like de- definitively verifying that. But like, my God, man, like, how, how do you know so much about this shit? Well, I would say no, because there's always somebody to learn from. So I've, I consider myself what, what they would call the, a student of the game. Um, and so like, there's always somebody that knows something that I don't. And that's when I'm like very intrigued because I'm like, can you please explain this or elaborate a little bit so I can, I can learn about this. Um, and, uh, all, all I could tell you is that I started off just, you know, me reading, uh, East Bay magazines and that, that was kind of like the internet back then. Um, that's where you found out what was coming out or what at the time, if it was in the magazine, it usually was already out. Uh, so you would see the newest Air Jordan in there or, you know, Scotty Pippen's new shoe or whatever, uh, the team shoes and all that stuff. And so you, I would just sit there and read them, um, you know, in between classes and, and all that stuff in high school. And I was just very, I don't know, I don't know why, maybe it's just cause I couldn't afford them, but I was just infatuated with these shoes. Uh, you know, I grew up wearing Payless shoes and stuff like that. So, um, once it, became like a realization that people were making fun of me for my sneakers because they were off brand or whatever. Like I was like, what the hell is everybody wearing then? And that's when I started noticing, you know, the swoosh was the main thing, um, swoosh and Jordan products. And so I started like just researching, uh, fell in love with MJ, uh, the way that he played all of that stuff. And, and I'm just the type of person that if I'm interested in something, I will deep dive into it pretty hard. Uh, you couldn't get me to write an essay for my English teacher for the life of me, but if you wanted me to recite to you every original Air Jordan in every original colorway in the year that they came out, I could probably do that. <laughs> so. And that will be coming up on part two. No, I'm just right. <laughs> um, so, okay, but a follow up to that: Do you think that this 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 knowledge base that you that you have and that you've built up? Do you think that this uh, kind of separates you or, or differentiates you, I guess another way of saying from other sneaker reviewers, other shoe tubers, other people on YouTube, because you have this very detailed, it's not just, yeah, I kind of remember it's exact. I, I would say yes, but, uh, it's, I don't know if that's to my fault because it just depends on what type of content you're looking for. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it feel it, I don't know if this is true, but it just feels to me like a lot of the newer generation, um, not all of them, but a, a good amount don't really care about the stuff that I know about. They just want to know what's hot, know what's trending, and there are channels for that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that that's great that those people, those those people that are into only that stuff about this this entire culture or community, uh, have outlets for that that they could watch and and read up on or whatever, um, to get that information. Uh, myself though, uh, I'm a big proponent of, you know, whatever it is that you're interested in, like, and if you're a creator, you should be creating that type of content because then that's the, the type of people that you're going to, uh, attract back towards you. So, um, if I want to find like-minded individuals that are like myself, uh, the only way to do that is to make content that I would myself be interested in watching. And, you know, some people might find that to be boring, but I personally don't. When we, we talked a little bit about, uh, in, in terms of creating content, we talked a little bit about this before we started, mm-hmm. uh, officially started the show. Your, your brand of wear testers today, it, it's incredibly polished, right? You found your voice. It's distinct. It's a known thing, but that wasn't always the case, 
right? Because anyone who's ever attempted to build a brand, a blog, a YouTube channel, a podcast, whatever, they know that in the beginning, you must suck in order to become better. But having said all of that, how would 2020 Nightwing describe the on-camera 2009 Nightwing? And what what kind of you like learn from that? Uh, the, like if I could describe myself as a, as a YouTuber back in 09, in one word, it would just be reluctant. Um, I was, I was shy. Uh, I'm still, I still am shy, but like, I'm easier to talk to you now. You know what I mean? Um, a little bit, like, it's a little bit easier for me to project my voice and stuff just cause I know that I do have one. Um, but these are all things that you grow into as you grow up. Um, but but yeah, I was definitely reluctant. Um, I wanted to keep it all about the shoes, so you never saw my face um, and all of that stuff. And and uh, you know, obviously the the camera quality, the mic quality, that was all. I mean, at the time, like it was as good as you can get. Um, but I've definitely reinvested, like the income that I have received from making these videos. I've reinvested that into the channel with the equipment and stuff. But uh, but yeah, it wasn't until I worked for um, a little sneaker blog uh, called Sneaker Files, uh, where um, the owner of the site was just like, "Hey, like we'd want you to like start incorporating your videos, like your reviews, onto the site," uh, and that was like a, a huge um, kind of like like I, I would give him credit for that because uh, he forced me to do things that I was initially uncomfortable doing, like showing my face on camera, because he was like, "Hey, you're going to be the face of the site." And I'm like, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, so I ended up doing it. Um, and just over the years, I've gotten more and more comfortable. Uh, it's taken me a really long time to get to where I'm at right now. But, uh, you know, the grind is just kind of like, I guess, what keeps you going. Um, and, uh, yeah, I always think it's it's funny, though. Like, when you see, like, like, on Instagram, like, if somebody, like, becomes famous, all of a sudden, they go through their their archive and they like remove all of their crappy pictures and then they just have their like newly polished look is what you see their their whatever their theme is and i purposely leave all my shitty stuff there because i like to see like exactly where i came from do you get any comments like today of people going back and watch like yo i'm watching this in in 2020 that kind of thing of of almost I like i get a liking yeah i don't I don't get a lot, but I definitely do get them, especially if we were to reference it in a, in a current video, because now you can like actually link, you know, those little info cards in the corner. Um, so like you can link like any of your videos and stuff like that. And so like if I bring up like, oh, yeah, my first video was this and it was so crappy, like you should go check it out and then we'll get like some comments in there and, and stuff like that. And so, um, uh, yeah, but then we also get some that I, I like just read like the other day where it's just like, man, you've come like a long way. And that's exactly the point, <laughs> which is why I leave it there. You know what I mean? Because it's like nothing is overnight. Like it's taken me 11 fucking years and I'm finally comfortable on camera. And it's, it was really, really hard for me to do. Like I used to shake in front of class uh, when you would have me go up there to like say whatever our presentation was or whatever. Like I would just be like, oh man, I, I really want to skip school today. You know what I mean? And, and to go from that to then... I was put on a panel uh, uh, recently um, down in uh, Los Angeles and stuff for this, like, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a convention, like for toys and collectibles and stuff, which was awesome. Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, I was on this panel with all these people watching and I was like, holy shit. Like if I, if this was me 11 years ago, I would have never have okayed this, you know? Um, so yeah, so it's just been real interesting. Uh, just looking at myself, like being like, damn, that's pretty cool. Did you rewatch, um, like early on any of your stuff to kind of like pick it apart for better or for worse to improve upon any of your videos? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't watched them to pick them apart. I have watched them to wonder what I had said. Like it's mostly because like I'm I've been on YouTube so long now that shoes that I reviewed a long time ago are being retroed, <laughs> and so it's like it's like oh I wonder what I thought about these back when they first dropped, and so I go and watch that, and it is hard to watch just because like it's so bad, but uh, again like the information's still good, you know what I mean, and and I do still feel like that and stuff like that so it's kind of interesting to see that it's just it's just the uh the the acceptance of yourself that i've grown into uh and not so much like changed as the person you know what i mean yeah exactly um when you know we 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 touched on wanting to get into youtube because you're you're fulfilling a need which is an incredibly important part of that but some people say maybe get into it for the wrong reasons but they want it for the money they want it for the fame was that Mm -hmm. stuff ever in your mind or ever important in the beginning of being like i want to become youtube famous did you ever think that uh no because youtube famous wasn't a thing you know like it just really wasn't like that you'd have back then back then there was those viral videos of like the kid that was hopped up on drugs after they got their teeth pulled out you know what i mean like it was those kind of videos like cat videos and stuff like they were just dumb jokey videos that you would see on like ridiculousness or something like that like that was youtube fame at the at the time um and there was no money in it like there was literally no ad revenue uh for all of our like all of us early creators and stuff um like i remember when i got the email uh from youtube i think it was like four four or five months after I had started my channel and it was like an invite to apply for YouTube, the YouTube partner program is what they call it. And I was like, what the hell is this? And so I like read through it and it explained what it was. And I was like, yo, I can make money for my videos. And it was just like a, like an eye opening experience. And when I had applied for it, um, they approved me and, uh, and I was like, man, in five years, and I normally don't ever set goals, but like, for this I did. And I was like, in five years, I'm going to replace my income with YouTube income. And I did it in about two, two and a half. Uh, but I let my wife quit her job first. And then I worked another like two and a half, three years, something like that before I was able to like replace both of our incomes with it. But so that was kind of like a, a maybe then a little more in your mind, right? When it, like you said, there wasn't money in the beginning, but then when you found out maybe there could be, did that, well, yeah, like, once, you know, I don't want to ask that like, I guess frame it as did did it you ever let that you know creep further into your head or is it just kind of about you know steadying the course and keeping things going the way they were before you knew that uh yeah because i i i still like it was funny because when i got the partner program i was excited and then when i saw how much uh I made that first month. I was like, that's it. Cause like you needed at the time, I think you still do actually, but at the time for uh, Google AdSense to pay you out each month, you have to go above a threshold and their threshold is a hundred dollars, which doesn't sound significant, but that's how low each view 
actually is. You know what I'm saying? So like you have to actually like get a lot of views just to earn some fucking money. And I was like crushed. So I think it took me a year before I was able to actually make anything out of that. Um, which sounds crazy because it definitely like I was like, man, maybe maybe in five years this really won't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, all that stuff. So so I was just mostly consistent is uh, is what I call it. I was just doing what I do because I like doing it and it ended up working out for me. I, I want to just kind of like shift gears to sort of the balance that it takes to run both this brand, this YouTube channel and everything. Anyone who's done kind of like even a modicum of research on, on starting a YouTube channel knows, like you just said, being consistent is one mm-hmm. of the keys to success. Early on, did you have a content calendar or anything? Did you did you just know you needed to kind of keep doing it or, or what did that look like? Uh, yeah, so I don't have a content calendar even to this day. Uh, my wife really? will, yeah, she, she writes down what our videos were like were for that day throughout the month um, just because she likes to see like what we've done. Um, but I don't have an upload schedule, like what, what is recommended, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, stuff like that. I don't do that. And I never have. Um, it, it really just started off with me reviewing the stuff that I would pick up. Um, so if a certain retro was coming out uh, and I wanted it, I bought it and then I'd review it. And that was just kind of like how it started. Uh, it wasn't until the performance reviews like started kind of getting their own. Uh, I don't want to call it like a cult following because like now performance reviews are like a whole fucking subject in sneakers. You know what I mean? So um, whereas like before they just nobody really cared how they played. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so like it was just one of those things where it's like, hey, are you gonna pick up the Kobe, uh, the Kobe Five or the Kobe Four or whatever, and review that? And I was like, well, I wasn't planning on it, but if you want me to, sure. And everybody's like, yeah, please do it. And so I'd go pick up the shoe and, you know, I'd play in them and I'd give them a review and all that stuff. And then that was really what like started getting us like, you know, that, that type of popularity. Um, but otherwise I really, I really just do kind of what I've always done, which is I buy what I like and I review it (laughs) and that's it. And I don't know why people watch, but I mean, they get something out of it. (laughs) I enjoy it. (laughs) You have have a smooth voice. Someone said that in, in the comments recently right i'll take it because they used to tell me that i was monotone so you know I'll, I'll take it um but uh but yeah it's definitely it's it's been it's like when we, it's a, always when i do stuff like this like i'm always like reminded of like how weird what i do is and how weird it is that i do what i do and actually like make a living off of it it's super strange it has to be a wonderful icebreaker at parties though Right. Oh man, I hate people asking me what I do because I don't ever like, uh, I don't like putting it out there. You know what I mean? Like when we're at my, my kid's school or whatever and like all the parents start talking, they're like, so what do you do? What do you do? And all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I work for a website and that's about it. <laughs> so I never tell anybody. Come on, there isn't that. Yep. Yeah. I'm a YouTuber. That's right. No. Because it's gaze into the distance. No, as soon as, uh, like, uh, some of them have found out. Uh, one of them, I remember, he, it was actually just recently, uh, but he had walked up to me, and he was like, hey, man. And I was like, yo, what's up? And then uh, uh, he was just like, you know, 
I had just bought these uh, uh, LeBron 17s. And I was like, oh, cool, that's dope. you know. And he was like, yeah. And I, after I bought them, I went to go look up reviews for them. And then I saw you there. And I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then uh, he was like, no, nah, man, like you like validated my purchase or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, cool. You know, like, I'm glad that I was able to do that for you. But that's that's kind of how it, like that stuff gets let loose is, is it just kind of happens. Um, yeah. or, or somebody will see me like a friend of mine. Uh, we went out to a, uh, uh, dang, what is it called? A brew, a brewery, like where they like make and sell beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a big drinker. So like, it was like a new place for me to go. And they invited us to go to, uh, uh, uh trivia night. And so I was going there and I, I get in there and this, this really big dude waves to me. Um, and he's wearing a pair of Jordan once. And I was like, hi, you know what I mean? Like, but like, I didn't know who he was. So like, I thought maybe he'd mistaken me for somebody else. And then, uh, he came up to me like halfway through the night and he was just like, I just want to let you know that I'm a big fan of your channel, blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. And then he leaves. And then the friends that were with all kind of look at me and they're like, huh, you're kind of a big deal. And I was like, uh, nope, <laughs> not really. So, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's more awkward for me than anything because some people think that it's more than it is and and i think that it just happens to be what i do well it's an achievement unlocked right like it's getting noticed at bar or being called out and recognized in public achievement unlocked plus xp right i mean that's that's a mild that's one way to look at it that's for sure yeah half of me is still that shy kid where it's just like just you know just let me blend in you know what i'm saying um so yeah so i'm i'm, ne- I'm never trying to like put myself out there that hard or anything like that. But, uh, but I've, I've gotten, I don't want to say I've gotten used to it. It's just like, I, I do appreciate everybody. Like if you say hi to me, like I, like I said, when we were like, before we were recording, uh, like thank anyone that will come up to you and like actually take the time to say something nice. Cause that, that means a lot. Absolutely. Um, when you, your, your ideas for these videos, some of them, I mean, they, they kind of, they're, they're kind of obvious, right? Like the, the LeBron 17, the Kyrie six, the Jordan 34, those, those like those signature models that we, we know you're going to do that for those kind of mm-hmm. in between videos, where do you kind of like round out the channel? How do you get the ideas for that? Because there's a lot of that. It's not just like, this is the latest and greatest sneaker. We're going to do a review on it. Yes, that happens, but there's other stuff too, right? Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of it is letting people know that there are other brands out there, uh, besides Nike, um, or besides Jordan or Adidas or whatever. There's, you know, there's, there's a whole other side of the world that has their own brands, you know, and what are those like? Um, and, and believe it or not, those are a a good portion of our views or, or viewers as well, are, are those specific people. Um, and so, I don't do it to cater to them. I really do it because I'm genuinely curious about the product too. Um, but it does help. You know what I mean? And then the other stuff that you see, like if it's an Air Penny or an Uptempo or a Reebok Question, uh, I, I just, I, I really love these shoes. And so when you see me review something like that, it's because it's it's a shoe that I, I just adore the damn thing. And um, there's a history behind it that some people might not might not know about and I do my best to kind of articulate that plus my own thoughts uh, along with some what I feel is useful information like tech specs and stuff like that so um, I just hope that people are you know entertained by it I guess because entertainment's not my thing but uh, I guess as 
entertainment. I've gotten, it's not your thing. Come on. Well, it's, it's no, it's funny because my early and you know this too. Like just from watching them, my early reviews are very boring. You know what I mean? Like they're they're very they're they're not a great representation of of what my actual personality is. If you were to know me, um, and again, it's taken me that ten years to to be comfortable with this stupid fucking camera to pretend enough that that is somebody that I really do know. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. like have to play make, make believe with myself every day and be like, yeah, this is Joey over here. I like Joey. I've known him since first grade. And so like I'll fucking talk to Joey or whatever, like, like he's sitting right here and, and I'm able to joke around and, and things like that. And those are things that you would see had you been a friend of mine personally, like throughout my life. But now it's just, I'm now comfortable enough to like let that show on camera. When we were, we were talking, you know, we're just talking about like some of the bigger shoes that you review, that sort of thing. When your channel got bigger and bigger, I'm sure, you know, brands started sending you more stuff. You got more noticed. How did you manage those relationships of people sending you something to review or, you know, being, being generous to brand A, but also doing something that you believe is advantageous and in the best interest of your channel um well it's funny because you know we get seated uh which is what they call like you know when they when they gift things or, or product placement um and all that stuff but uh we we get seated not super often um it used to be more uh, a number of years ago and uh the reason why we don't really anymore is just because i do keep it so honest uh you know, that really is a turnoff for a lot of brands because they're not looking at you as, uh, I don't know how to explain it. They're, they're really looking at you as a, as a advertising tool, but for free, you know what I mean? So like them sending you that $150 pair of shoes is really like $150,000 worth of marketing right there that they didn't have to pay for, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what they're expecting out of you. And because I don't do that, uh, I really don't get those perks the way that that they thought that those perks would be with me. You know what I'm saying? So like everything that you see, we buy. Uh, we're real customers. So we we buy everything that we have and we review it as if we bought it because we did buy it. And if you did happen to send it, I appreciate that because it just saved me a hundred bucks or whatever. Um, but that's not going to stop me from taking that shoe on the way that I would any other shoe there. So for those who don't know, there was a video you did. This, this is my, one of my favorite. I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was the LeBron low 13. Um, or maybe it was the 14. I hated those. Was it the 13? I think it was the 13. The, the one 13. Where, uh, and were you said in the beginning, I'm paraphrasing just a little bit. These things are fucking dangerous to play. Yes. In. And I love that. I loved that honesty about it because some people will be like, ah, man, maybe the traction's not so great. Like, no fucking, you're going to destroy your ankle on these things. Yeah. And it's just like that. It's like, yes, yes. Because again, as you said earlier, people are going to say like, these don't really go well with my jeans. It's like, that doesn't really tell the story here. You know, it's like two stars or something they leave on eastbay.com review or something you're getting into exactly. it. And it was a shorter video, but still it was like, you were calling it out. Yeah, no, it's just, like I said, like I'm, I'm just a consumer. So it's the, the thing is, is that people need to understand that my experience is not going to be a blanket experience for everyone. 
Um, so somebody may really love playing in that shoe. Uh, it's just I'm not one of them. <laughs> so I found them to be extremely dangerous. I think J.R. Smith actually played in those at one point, I want to say. I thought that I saw man, him in them. You can put some Timberlands on him, man, and that man will get buckets either way. It doesn't matter. Like He's an <laughs> athlete. You know what I mean? I'm not an athlete. I'm just an average Joe that plays basketball. Just a regular guy. All right. Exactly. We are at the point in the show where I am going to ask you maybe my biggest question. All right. But it's not, mind you, mind you, it is not a question to put you in an awkward position. This is not a gotcha moment. Um, but I've been dying to, to know the answer to it. Are you ready for okay. it? I am ready. Are you prepared? Here it is. <laughs> I have a, so I have a lot of respect for what you do, the level of quality in which you produce these videos. But how in God's name were you able to keep producing videos when no one was watching in the beginning? Because I think that that had to have been the case at some point. And then, and then, balance life, work, family, and everything else in the holy name of wear testers and you two. How? How did you do it? How did you muscle through? Because you've been on there for 11 years. How did you do it, man? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I wonder the same thing sometimes. Um, I'm going to need better than I don't know. No, <laughs> I know. I'm going to try to articulate, like, maybe my thought process throughout the time. My, my, whole, my whole thing is, like, you'll get what, what you've earned once you've earned it. You know? Uh, and, and I've really kind of like led my life that way. So like, like whatever it is that you're doing, uh, like if you're going to school, uh, you can get as high of a grade as you possibly can, but only if you earn that, right? It's not just going to get given to you. Um, and it's the same thing when, when you're making videos. I'm not a videographer. I'm not an on-air or on-camera personality. I'm not a video editor. You know what I'm saying? Like these are all things that I have learned on the fly as I've gone uh, on in this uh, quote unquote career that I've, I've created for myself. And so it's like, like those are all just like, I have no idea really how it happened. I just do it, you know? And, um, I do it probably because I, I like doing it. Uh, I want to do it. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. And, um, as far as balancing life and I mean, I, I, again, I built this this kind of business up from uh, while working full time and all that stuff. Uh, when it first started, I was working multiple odds and ends jobs along with my full time job plus doing this. So it was just, you know, it's definitely been a grind. Um, but again, you have to really want it, like want to do it. Otherwise, you really just won't have that motivation to do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can throw that same question at you because you have a family and, and you have a job and all that stuff. And now you're you're starting up a podcast and it's like that could be considered crazy by some. But I mean, if it's something that you love doing, then is it really crazy? You know what I mean? Like, it's just fun. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm doing this in my daughter's room. I'm looking at <laughs> stickers of Ariel and Jasmine on the wall and her crib is right next to me and yeah i've got two tv trays set up with my my drinks and my my hard drive and my microphone and everything and i'm like yeah i'm making it work but yeah like but i asked that because and we talked a little bit about this quote unquote off air i asked that because like there there is that 
I need other people to tell me I'm doing a good job part. And that doesn't always come immediately. In fact, it can take years. And you were able to get past all that. Like, that's the part I'm kind of like, wow. You know, like, that's, you're, that's you're able I'm, to get through that. To, I'm used to not pleasing people, even though I'm trying so hard. <laughs> so, you know, I'm used to that failure. And so it's like, it's like, this is like not making it like, oh, well, that's just Tuesday. You know, like, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to keep going. And uh, once I feel like, I've earned it, it'll likely show, you know what I'm saying? So it's it, everything that, that like, this is why sports are so awesome. Like you can, you can compare this to, to the game of basketball, which is you can love playing the game and you can play it every fucking day, but that doesn't mean that you're good. Right. And you're only going to get better at it. If you really put in that work, if you really put in that effort and it's the same thing in life, if you don't put in that work, if you don't put in that effort, and I'm talking about like every fucking day, then it's not going to happen. You're just going to keep being whatever it is that you currently are. But if you want to grow and evolve, you really have to, you really have to stress yourself out because it's under those pressures that you're able to make radical decisions that could alter your life in one way or another. And you you never know when it's happening. It just kind of happens as it happens. Um, But when you look back, you're like, ah, shit, that was, that was my learning moment right there. You know what I mean? For that particular situation. And so uh, it, it's, it's always just been something that I, I just do, you know, uh, you can always like joke around like the Nike's uh, you know, uh, advertising quote, which is just do it. And that's, that's just kind of how it is. Like you just got to do things, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter how little it is, as long as you're building towards something bigger in the long run, it doesn't matter how little effort you put in or how much effort you put in, as long as you're putting in some effort. And having fun, right? And having fun along the way. Because the fun, the fun part is like if you're not having fun and that's when you or earning money, like it like a lot of YouTubers think that they're gonna be YouTubers like from the jump and they don't realize that it takes a long time, you know what I mean, to to build an audience and stuff. And um that that whole thing, like if you're not doing it for pure purposes, then you're never gonna outlast anything. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to have so many bumps in the road throwing you off that track uh, that that you, you'll bump off the track and you'll just stay there. When your your creative process, just shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about your creative process. I've done some YouTube videos before. I've had some fledgling channels in the last, you know, obviously all that long, um, or do them to the extent and volume that you do your channel now. But I, I've 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 gone through that process. I've edited in iMovie I think I have on my on my laptop and I know that it's a huge time investment at least it was for me early on um how much of a time investment is it for you to make a video like what I mean how does that are you planning your kind of your day around that or your your weeks around making these videos is it or have you sort of streamlined it a little bit more um it's a little bit of both uh, like we know when we're filming uh, on court videos or on court B roll is what we call it um, and stuff like that. But uh, if it's just a regular video, um, like say I get in like a, the, an Air Jordan 3 or something. Uh, so I know that I'm just going to sit here in front of the camera and talk about it. And then we're going to do our, our B roll shots that we do. And those are all done inside usually, except for like some on foot stuff. Uh, so those are pretty, you know, cut and dry 
uh, versions of the videos. But for a performance review, we're, we're usually on a basketball court. So those are on, you know, specific days and um, all of that stuff. But a lot of what people don't get is that we, we kind of collect all of this footage uh, because we, like my wife and I, for, for instance, we'll, we'll film on like a Monday morning and we'll film like three or four videos at once, you know, and then we'll gather up all the B-roll and things like that. And then, and we'll get some extra shots as we need. And then she'll put them all together throughout the week. And, and we have our, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uploads. And so it's just, that's just kind of how we do it. Um, so, yeah, so it really depends on the video. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like if we're going to be on location or not, but, uh, I don't feel like it's, like awful or anything just because it is what we do for a living. So we focus primarily just on that. It's, it's harder when you have a full-time job to go to. Yeah. I mean, I can, I mean, I could only imagine trying to, as we talk about balancing all that kind of stuff, do you, do you storyboard at all in your head? Like, do you kind of, uh, I mean, you, know, you mentioned like the B roll and stuff. Like I know, you know what you want to include, but how does that how does that pan out? Like, how do you have it like this, then this, then this, or is it kind of like you know what we should include, and then it's this, um, and then no, like it, I probably am like the worst creator because I don't plan anything. <laughs> so like whatever happens happens, you know, and and I just feel like like as as weird as it sounds, like just as being as natural as possible. Like I feel that that's the best. Uh, way to do anything or to, to be as honest about things as possible. You know, like I tell like uh, some of the bigger brands this uh, every once in a while when like I'm over at their offices and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, if you just be honest with the consumers, maybe they would understand things better. And instead of them bitching and complaining about things, they would understand why you made that decision. And they always just kind of nod their heads and stuff, but they never do it. You know, and it's just like, well, like, you can't be then mad at them for complaining when you're not explaining to them why you made that decision. So like, they're going to complain because they don't know, you know? And, um, and so that's just kind of like, like when I make a video, it's, I just really, I just want to just talk about the shoe. I want to talk about what it has, why I like it. And that's about it. And if people are interested in that, that's what, that's what I said earlier. I'm surprised people watch what I do because it's so random but people somehow like it, you know, and, and I really appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a very polished thing you do. And then it's like, I mean, you know, the sneaker industry is gigantic. So, I mean, I'm not totally surprised by that, but. Yeah. The, 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 the industry is very weird now because the industry is not organic at all. Everything is very much bought and paid for every YouTube video you see, every Instagram post, like somebody's, some some brand is in that creator's pocket you know what i mean and uh and nobody's in my pocket so like i just feel like i'm kind of like the oddball in everything so uh i don't know if i'm like you know the wrench uh in the whole sneaker thing or whatever but that's just kind of like what it is at the, at this point we'll talk about uh your audience and and the people that interact with you um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know this or not, Chris, but there's not, there's some not so nice people on the internet Did it, for real. Yeah. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to let you know, but you know, I thought, man, he's the expert. He probably knows this, right? But yeah. So, I mean, there's not, 
there's not so nice people on the internet, but you have created this community, this this rather very civilized Discord community. Explain to the audience what it means to join Word Testers and kind of be a part of that community. What goes on there? Um, let, let me explain, I guess, the, the intention behind it first, um, which was... We were, uh, myself, my wife, and then um, our business partner and uh, Testers co-founder, Drew, um, we were all kind of brainstorming because CPM rates are very volatile. Um, so one month you can make quite a bit of money, and then the next month you're broke, you know? And, um, and that's just kind of like the nature of the, of the business and stuff. And so we were looking at ways to uh, kind of like even the playing field so that there's something sort of consistent there. And uh, the only thing that there really is for creators is this thing called Patreon. And I don't like Patreon because I don't like begging for money. You know what I mean? Like I feel like like our channel should just be self-sufficient, but the reality is that it's not. We spend a lot of money on product to review and sometimes we earn that money back and sometimes we don't. Um, And so uh, Drew really was pushing for something like a Patreon, and I was very much against it. Uh, but we were able to come up with a compromise when he found uh, what what people call Discord, which is, I guess, a, a gaming platform um, primarily where people can talk about things like that while they're gaming. And um, and then uh, once that came about, like I was like, okay, well, if we structure the Discord like this, and uh, we can do this and then everybody put their their ideas together and then boom we came up with the community and and the main thing is, is that when you're a discord member um the main thing to know sorry if you hear my dogs barking in the background um but uh the main thing to know is that is that the feed the entrance fee or whatever to get in uh that d- goes and directly supports the channel um so that's how we're able to pay for things um so we appreciate people like yourself and, and the other members, uh, greatly because you guys really do help us out, um, a ton. And, um, and then the second thing is, is that it, it created this community of people and there are no trolls in the community, which is super rare. Uh, but when you really think about it logically, it's not that confusing or anything because no troll's going to pay money to talk shit. You know what I mean? And it's really that simple. And so we just kind of weed out the bad people by putting an entrance fee there. And it just so happened to work out that way. And so, uh, so yeah, so it was pretty nice. Um, and ever since then, it's just kind of like grown into, into what it is right now. And uh, it's, it's more than I even anticipated because like even I was reluctant and hesitant. Like this is like really like Drew's baby. And uh, I got to give him props, man. I mean, like this turned out to be a really cool thing and um everybody on our our discord little platform or whatever is is just really good people so um but that's what it means to me to be a discord member it just means that you really support us and uh you know like i i am forever grateful for you guys and and you you mentioned this or you touched on this a little bit already but you know did you think when you when this idea was first conceived that there would be the interest that there has turned out to be for this sort of thing? Like, no, because uh, I told, I told Drew like jokingly, like, man, we're going to get like two people signed up for this thing. 
And I'm like, I don't know what we're at right now, but I know it's over 200. And I'm just kind of like, well, fuck, man. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, how did that happen? You know? And uh, yeah, so I just think it's like real interesting. And um, yeah, I just, I don't even know how to articulate like how thankful and grateful I am to people like yourself that, that, you know, you, you not only like my, my content, but you like it enough to want to support it in that way. And it just like really means a lot to me because, uh, like I can't overestimate for anybody that's new uh, to creating content how volatile CPM rates are. Like you can really be, you know, like you could feel like you're on top of the world one day because like you made 300 bucks and then I'm telling you, man, the next day you didn't make shit. And when you have a family, like you got a wife, kids, all that stuff that is relying on you, like it could be pretty scary quitting your regular job just to focus solely on creating these content pieces that are in a nutshell meaningless because they're on shoes. You know what I mean? But like it, it's just, it's so weird. So um, the fact that there are people like you out there, like I'm just, I just can't believe it. Like you guys are super chill. You're super nice. Um, yeah. I just, I really thank you guys like from the bottom of my heart. Well, we thank you for being on the show. Um, and I, it's like, it's weird being, being thanked for being a part of that, but uh, you're more than welcome. Um, but so, okay, we touched, there's not some not so nice people out there. How do you deal with these trolls, haters that interact with your stuff on social media and your YouTube channel? Uh, I used to actually like engage with them, which was not a good thing. Um, but it would be more in this sense of like, oh, like you're saying this thing. So like, let me explain to you my thoughts a little bit, right? And then they would just come back with like more bullshit and you're just kind of like, well, that didn't work. And so, so you're just kind of like, well, maybe if I explain a little bit more in depth and then that's when like the whole like asshole thing started happening when like people are like, oh, you're just an asshole. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought we were having a conversation. And so, so yeah, so now, now I just really remove myself from the social side of social media, which is really sad um, because I feel like some of the coolest connections I've made are from social media. Like some of like some of the coolest people that I've ever met have been met on social media. It's so weird to think that like some guy in New York that I never knew all of a sudden we have some like so much in common and, and this, that, and the other and stuff like that. So it's like really hard to weed out uh, through those trolls, but um, you know, it is possible and stuff like that. So nowadays, like if, if I respond to a, to a negative comment, um, usually it's just in a joking manner. Like I'm just trying to troll them back, but otherwise, like I really try to ignore it. We, we, to this point in the show, we, we haven't gotten into a lot of like deep sneaker talk. And I know people are like, what the hell? This isn't what I, I thought it would be, but we, we've touched on some of it a little bit, but you're a nineties guy like me. Right. And you love the 1990s. Um, and you, you, what's, I think what's really cool about your channel, number one, is that it, there's a lot of 90s references, that sort of thing. But it also kind of takes me back to like things that I don't, I didn't quite remember about it because I got into like sneakers much later. Um, but it's like, yeah, I, I do actually kind of remember those, those things. And like, that's what Jordan wear during when they, when I beat my beloved Sonics. And, and that's what, you know, the, everything was what, what they were wearing at the time, even though I didn't know the name of them or like the colorways and that sort of thing. But through that time, through like the 90s and the early 2000s, even the mid 2000s, 
to now, things sneakers have changed. And as someone who has this great appreciation for sneakers and knows what you know, what what do you miss most about how sneakers were kind of like made back in the day? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, is it fair to say things are not made the way they used to be? Because I mean, it it really depends on like, are we talking about retros or are we just talking about you know new gen basketball sneakers or sneakers in general? I was not prepared for the counterpoint there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, sorry, sorry about that. No, but this no, is the way that my my brain works. You know what I mean? Like, fair enough. Um, let's talk about, I guess, sneakers in general. Let, let's keep it more general, like that. Okay. So if, if we're talking about things that I miss in sneakers today, it's just mostly the the um, kind of like the design aspect. Uh, and that, that really just comes from the, the way that shoes are made nowadays. A lot of times they're, they're knitted um, or they're made out of like textiles and everything like that. So, so you're missing a lot of layers and a lot of paneling. Um, and those are things that we used to get a lot of, but because they were making them out of leathers. And so that's just a, a stark visual difference. And I feel like that also gives you a different feel because when you see a shoe that all of a sudden has panels on it again, uh, like a Puma, uh, Puma basketball product or whatever, you're like, Oh man, it's got kind of like a throwback feel to it. And it's only because the manufacturing of shoes has kind of changed. You know what I mean? Like it's cheaper to manufacture shoes out of, out of knit and yarn than it is out of uh, hide and leather. Uh, so it's just like a, an interesting uh, kind of like side effect or whatever. But if we are going to throw it back to what I miss about maybe like a retro shoe uh, in particular, because that, that's kind of like where my storytelling will kind of like come out uh, naturally um, and things like that, because I'll, I'll be able to tell you like what I remember. And that's that's mostly what it is. It's just what I remember. It's not like a uh, like a 100% like factual thing. This is like through the eyes of like a 13-year-old me. And what I remember from back in that time frame and stuff. So usually it'll be about the shape, the material quality, um, maybe some color placements or things like that, or material usage. Um, yeah, so these are things that some people would think is like, oh, he's just nitpicking or whatever. And I'm not trying to. It's just that, you know, I remember it one way and now it looks a little bit different. So I'm just letting you know. Um, but it's only because, like I said, if, if this were me and Joey just sitting here on the couch, or on the front porch or whatever, like these are things that we would talk about, you know? And so I just kind of treat it like that. Have, you know, in, in keeping with what we, you know, referencing about uh, shoes being made away in one decade or another compared to how they are now, do you think what some of these brands, Jordan brand, what they're asking for some of these shoes this is a little bit of a loaded question, but in general, do you think they're they're worth what they're asking for you, people to pay for them? Because I think it's what every Saturday it seems there's a new release and it's like one ninety man, and it's like, oof, you know that's that's quite a bit. And I know it depends from here to there, but do you think at at all these brands have become a little bit lazy on how they've manufactured shoes? And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but this are just generally asking from the the time that you got into sneakers to how much you've seen them grow and change up until now um i mean it's a little bit of everything like the easiest way to say things is like 
or the easiest thing to say is like, oh, well, this is just a money grab, right? And the thing is, though, is that like the original product was a money grab too. <laughs> because, you know, there's no, there's no business that goes into business unless it's a nonprofit, you know, that's, that's not trying to earn something. And so I think that, that the, the varying degrees of like what your state of mind is on like how these brands are today depends on your state of mind and what age you were at the moment that you fell in love with them. So again, I was like real young, I was 12, 13, you know what I mean? And so my initial, uh, infatuation was from the eyes of a 12 and 13 year old child. And now that I'm looking at these shoes, it's from a 30 plus year old man, you know, and it's like, well, I can't afford 190 every, every week or whatever. So if I was going to take that 190 and spend it once a month, what exactly are you getting for that 190? And so that's what I try to explain a little bit in the, in the videos, like, Hey, this shoe's made out of leather or that shoe's not or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so like, it really depends, um, on what it is. If you want to get into like the the deep dive nitty gritty and stuff like it comes down to profit margins. Uh, you know, again, these businesses are run as businesses. So, you know, Nike wants their profit margins to be what they want. And in order for them to be able to achieve those goals, you have to skimp on all kinds of stuff, whether that be labor costs, material costs, uh, manufacturing costs. So, and that's what will, give you a textile shoe instead of an all leather shoe. Cause I mean, it's so easy for them to just on this like machine print out basically these upper materials in one piece and then have some person wrap it around a last and finish it off and glue it to the sole. Whereas before they had to literally die cut each panel out and then hand stitch each panel to the upper and then they'd have to wrap it and then they'd have to glue it. You know what I mean? So it's like, everything is different now. And so um, there's always a reason for everything, but it just really depends on, on the way that you're looking at it and stuff. There's always a positive and a negative, you know what I'm saying? And just kind of like each person focuses on something different. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, it's just kind of like, it's super interesting the way that, that everything works. Cause you, at the end of the day, have to remember that it is a business, even though it's, it's your passion. And so like, you have to to understand like where Nike's coming from or where Jordan's coming from and all that stuff and, and just focus on the stuff that you like, which, which is, can be hard, uh, but it makes it more fun. You know what I mean? So like, if I'm always constantly just complaining, like being like, why did they put this shoe out? And this shoe wasn't for me. It's for new kids. You know, this retro that they put out next weekend, that's for me because that was my time era. So, uh, you just have to be able to know what's what. Understood. All right. Absolutely. We are almost at the end here. How are you holding up over there, Chris? I'm good, actually. Good. What were we, were, was I going to expect that you would not be? Or <laughs> oh, No, I was ready. I was ready for this. Yes. All right. Um, okay. So, yeah. well, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. So I got some, I got some questions just as quickly as you can knock them out. Are you ready for it? All right. Your house is burning down. Number one, your house is burning down. Your wife, your kids, your your pets, everything's safe. Don't worry. But there's still time to repair, retrieve rather one pair of sneakers from your current collection. Which ones are you saving and why? Do I get to throw one on my feet first so I'm wearing a pair? Well, that would seem a little reckless, right? I mean, the house is burning down, Chris. So we we had to go. We got to go. 
right? But you got to understand, I got shoes everywhere, man. (laughs) So there are shoes right next to my bed that I can put on real quick. And then I would go and get the pair. All right. You put the shoes on the bed shoes next to the bed shoes on. And then what are we getting? (sighs) You know, this is rapid fire. Remember? Yes. I forget. Um, I would, I would really want to come and grab, it's a pair of shoes that I never wear. Um, but I used to, they used to be mine. Um, and it's a pair of Air Jordan two black and Chrome. Um, they're, they're in a little case and everything. Cause they, they used to be my shoes, but I was in some money trouble, uh, a long, 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 long time ago where, you know, I was poor and all that stuff. So we needed to sell some things. So I would sell my sneakers to get some money. Um, I sold them to my best friend at the time. Uh, unfortunately he had passed away. Um, and so I was given those shoes back, uh, by his family and everything. And so I keep those as like a, a cherished sneaker and all that stuff. So they're in a nice case and all that. So I'd probably grab those after I put a pair of shoes on. Of course we gotta be, we gotta be reasonable. Um, yes. The sneaker with the greatest traction of all time is Air Jordan one. All right. The sneaker with the worst traction of all time is Ooh, the worst traction. I don't even know. (laughs) Are there so many? There, I would just really have to think about it. Uh, hold on. I'm looking out like in the sea of sneakers that are in front of me right here. Uh, shit. The worst traction. You know, I'm just going to say the air more up tempo just for the moment, but I know that that's not true, but that's just the one I'm looking at right now. And I know that those were kind of boo boo <laughs> as far as traction goes. What is your favorite sneaker to play basketball in right now? Right now, um, it's, it's, well, so if it's like a modern shoe, it's, it's usually the Air Jordan, uh, uh, 34. Um, I just absolutely love those. Um, but if it's like, like, Hey, like you want to play in one shoe, it's going to be like the Jordan 12 or 13, one of those two. Who would win in a seven game series, the 72 and 10 bulls or the KD Steph Draymond clay led warriors. Oh, the bulls. Just like that. And how many games? Yeah. Just. Um, I'd say the Bulls in six. Okay. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That, that Warriors team, and I'm, I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm a Warriors fan, but, you know, they just don't make them like they used to, man. The Bulls were hard. They were hard as fuck. They were. And, and, the, and these guys, these guys plowed through a 72-10 and 10 season, okay? They plowed through some of the most iconic and legendary NBA players of all time. True. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they went through some of the 50 greatest players ever. And they were the ones to really just like obliterate that league. And I don't feel like the Warriors, while they had like LeBron James to get through or whatever, maybe like uh, who else is there? Um, like uh, uh, the Spurs and stuff like that. Like they just really didn't have the type of competition, I don't think, uh, compared to uh, the, the Chicago Bulls. One of your favorite basketball movies, Space Jam. If you were to steal the talents of any basketball player, past or present, whose talents are you stealing? Michael Jordan. Not even a question. Not even a question. <laughs> the greatest player of all time. You're going for the greats. Well, that's, that's, I know. That's up for debate. Yeah. It's up for debate, but it's all good. But that's my goat, so it's all good. Okay, you cannot answer Michael Jordan to this next one. You could have oh. dinner with any NBA player, past or present. Who would it be? Ooh. It would probably be Kobe Bryant. 
do I have to explain why or is yeah, go it for just it. rapid fire? Okay. Well, yeah, one um, it, probably, it would probably just to, to, to let him know that I appreciated him more than I thought. And it would just be to kind of apologize for not realizing it sooner. And the final one in a fantasy three point contest, who wins Shaq, Manute Bull, Boban <laughs> Manjarnovic, Sean Bradley, or George Mirasan? Ooh, man. I just really love Shaq, so I'm just going to pick Shaq, but I really don't know who would win that, but I'm going to pick Shaq. <laughs> it would probably be <laughs> quite awful, but uh, actually, I think it would be really entertaining. Zero. It would be. I wonder how long it would take them to get through, because that, that would be rough. The winning, Yeah, the winning score would be like five, maybe? Something like, someone, something like that. I think it's yeah, like one maybe, money ball. That's, that's probably enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for stopping by, uh, lending your time for Let's Ask an expert uh, helping me get it off and running with uh, an excellent guest. Um, where can we follow you on social media? Um, you can follow me personally at Nightwing2303. That's pretty much it. Uh, I'm, I'm really only active on on Instagram. Um, you can also follow the the brand account, which is at Weartesters. And um, thank you for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, you've actually, you're, you're a great podcast host. So thank you. I, I am bowing. You cannot see it. You, you cannot see hey. it, but I'm bowing in, in honor. No, like th- you, this is impressive. Like this is your first, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, like you are ready to go. So uh, yeah, if you're, if you're not successful at this, I'll be surprised. Um, I'm giving you the last word, whether that's wise or not, go for it. Anything you want to say? Uh, just do it, man. Just do whatever it is that you want to do. And as long as it's not bad, you know what I mean? Obviously, it puts some context around that. I'm not, not going to break the uh, law. No, no, no. But like in general, <laughs> like if, you know, like if, if you really want to do something, like the only thing in your way is you. So just do it. Nightwing 2303 advocating not breaking the law since 2020. And probably yes, well before exactly. that, right? All right. Well, that- uh, we will not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that'll be for next time we have you on. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank everyone for for listening, for downloading this episode. Thank our expert guest, Chris Chase, Lightning 2303. And we'll see, see you next time on Let's Ask an Expert. Yeah.